This is an Artist Journey podcast, the podcast for people thriving and creating as artists. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey, and let's begin. In this episode of the Artist Journey podcast, I'm going to be talking to Sky Kennedy, the owner of the Italian art shop situated in Rondebosch in Cape Town. The Italian art shop has built up a strong reputation for keeping the finest art materials imported from around the world. We're going to find out how the store came about, its growth and how its focus on this niche in the fine art industry has made it the leading fine art store in South Africa. Do you know what the number one question is that I get asked by artists? Everyone wants to know how to loosen up their painting style. You can find these answers on the course, How to Loosen Up Your Painting. With over five hours of video demonstrations, lessons, and much more, you can find the answers to getting that loose and impressionist style that you're looking for. That's How to Loosen Up Your Painting, and more details on my website at malcolmdeweyfineart.com. And now, on with the show. Today I'm delighted to have Sky Kennedy as my special guest. Sky is the owner of the Italian art shop in Cape Town. Welcome, Sky. Thanks very much, Malcolm. Great to have you on the show, Sky, and I'm looking forward to getting to know a bit about the background of the Italian art shop. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started your entrepreneurial journey and the uh, motivations for creating the Italian art shop? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it wasn't actually my my shop to start with. Um, it, it The history of the Italian art shop actually dates back to about 15 years ago. Um, when my father retired, um, he was an entrepreneur, and he very quickly got bored having some free time on his hand, and he decided to take up some art classes. Uh, he started with pastels and then moved on to oil painting. And Back then, you could only really get two brands of oil paint in this country, uh, De La Rani and Winsor Newton. Um, De La Rani didn't have an, well, doesn't have an artist quality range of oils in this country. And the Winsor Newton ones, although good quality, are very, very overpriced. And that prompted my father to uh, look elsewhere um, abroad and do a lot of research and a lot of uh, uh, emails backwards and forwards and testing of samples. And he actually decided to bring in a few um, imported uh, um, paints, really just for himself and for his art class. It wasn't actually a, a business venture at this time. Um, but it was so well received by, by the members of his art group that they then quickly you know, spread the word. And he was getting more and more calls from, from other artists to come and, you know, can, he, can they buy some of this, this amazing paint that he's been bringing in? And so relatively quickly... Uh, when I was growing up, we actually had what we called an art shop from from home. Um, a lot of barriers to entry. People had to ring the doorbell or make an appointment, and they had to, you know, the dogs would bark, and they had to come in and and walk through the house and everything like that. So as far as the shop goes, it was there were a lot of barriers to entry. But despite that, um, it, it grew in popularity, and there were constantly people buying art materials. And my father then started bringing in some brushes and a, a few other bits and pieces and some auxiliaries. Um, and when I was at university, I actually started just to make some money, 
going to various art classes and arts exhibitions and, and sort of um, promoting and selling some products. And that's really how I started to get to know the product and to um, sort of understand the, the art techniques and different materials and how much more there was to it than just putting some, some paint onto a canvas. I did a lot of research um, because I can't really sell anything properly unless I actually, you know, I'm confident in it and know what's going on. And so for many years, uh, growing up and through Varsity, we had this little art shop sort of in the in the lounge, and then it was in my dad's studio. Um, and then at one point, probably about 10 years ago now, um, I was out of Varsity and I was working, and I was offered a, a promotion at my job. And I said to my father, you know, I'm thinking of taking this promotion. And he actually said to me, well, I was thinking of asking you to come on board and try to get these products into other shops around the country. So I thought about it and I actually decided to, to take him up on that offer. And we joined forces to, to get the brands that we were promoting out into other shops around the country. And we, we were fairly successful. Um, but what we found is that once the products were in other shops, the, the other art shops weren't really promoting them and didn't really understand what made them better than other brands. So what was happening is they were just sitting next to the other brands that everybody knew and customers were just walking in and grabbing, you know, the good old brands that they were always used to. Um, and no one was there to advise them about new brands. And we had a look at our books and we actually realized that despite the fact that we had the products looking great in, in a whole lot of shops all over the country, combined sales, we were actually making more from our stupid little shop at home with all its barriers to entry. Um, and that made us realize that actually you need to sell the, you need to tell people why this paint is better. You need to explain to them the difference between students and artists brands and, and basic, basically educate them about it. Um, and that's actually when I decided then that it would be a good idea to open a, a proper retail store. Um, where we could accept credit cards and, you know, at, at, the, at the house, apart from all the other barriers of entry I've mentioned, we, we didn't have any, you know, you had to pay with cash or if we knew you very well, you could do an EFT, but we didn't have credit card facilities. Um, and, and sometimes people would come to the house and no one was home. Uh, so it, it, it wasn't working. And I said to my father, I think let's open a, a, a proper retail store. And my father had been in retail many, many years ago. And he sort of looked at me and said, sorry, I don't want to have anything to do with retail, um, staff and hours and that kind of thing. He'd done it before. He didn't want to do it. And so that's where I actually then took over the art shop, um, bought him out, and about five years ago opened the um, first, pro what I call the first proper Italian art shop, which was a little retail store on the Rondebosch Main Road, where we finally had credit card machines, lots of space to actually increase the ranges and bring in papers and pencils and more canvases and wider ranges of, of the usual products as well. Um, and then um, uh, about two and a half years ago now, we moved um, and now we have an even bigger store in the Riverside Mall in Rondebosch. And that's basically the, the history of how it, how it goes. And now we've been chugging along very nicely in the Riverside Mall for about two and a half years. Um, Sky, what were you studying at university? I was actually studying business science marketing, um, but rather embarrassingly, I actually I wasn't I wasn't failing or anything, but I actually left university in my final year. 
um, I just decided that marketing was not really something that you can be taught. It's something that you just can do. And um, I wasn't really interested in learning multiple choice questions about, you know, how to conduct surveys, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually left. Um, and at the time, I was already making some money, you know, working for my father. Um, and then, and then I, even through my, my other working careers, I was always helping out with the art shop a bit. Um, but yeah, a decision that I don't regret. Yeah, it's listening to your story, it sounded like you um, immediately had a, an attraction to the the business and uh, clearly you were making some uh, money on the side and I'm sure your studying actually got in the way of your entrepreneurial ambition if I could put it that way well I think that probably is actually exactly what happened um you know I I immediately I've got a I've got an inherent business sense so I, I'm I'm I like marketing I like sales and and I like the business side of things except for accounting <laughs> but but other than that, I like to I like the challenge of taking something that is you know in essence a nothing and turning it into something something better or something successful. And I think probably yes, you know, at university it, it, I wasn't fully satisfied, wasn't terribly happy. I was doing okay, you know, I was passing and everything, but I wasn't I wasn't fulfilled. And even when I was doing yes. the grant work of going around to, to art classes and actually, you know, selling the products and stuff, I was really enjoying it. And I loved learning about the, the materials themselves. Uh, there's just, you know, there's what most artists know is just the tip of the iceberg. And there's just so much amazing information out there. Um, and it's just such a great learning experience. Starting a business can be quite an intimidating mm. uh, process. It sounds to me that... Um, you never had time to sit back and, and worry and feel um, fearful about taking this step. That you just took it and ran with it. Is that fair? Yes, it is. You know, there obviously is a risk in, in anything that you do. But I must say that it never, I, I never ever thought for a second that the, the proper retail store was not going to work. And that is really because, we, well, first of all, like I said, you know, the shop from home, despite all its barriers, was actually doing okay. You know, when you consider, mm. when you consider that it wasn't an easy experience for artists to come to our house um, and and pay with cash, and we didn't even have stuff on display back then. We didn't. We had a tiny little space, so we'd show color charts to you. You'd pick out your colors, and we'd run to the garage and go and get them. And despite all of that, mm. we actually still did a, a relatively decent turnover. Um, and then when I was thinking about the idea, I did sort of mention it to customers, and every single one of them was uh, complete and supportive and encouraging and really, really excited about it. So I knew that at the bare minimum, we were going to turn over, obviously, what we had been doing at the shop. Uh, we needed a lot more for rent to cover the sudden rent that we had to pay. But I, um, I never knew – there was obviously – uh, doubt as to how successful it would be, but it never actually, I never believed for one second that it wouldn't work. Clearly, you had a strong support base at home. It sounds like your dad was, was behind you. And uh, you mentioned you had the good support from existing mm. customers. So all of that, I'm sure, helped as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, my father's still very involved in the business. 
Um, and okay. and whilst I run everything day to day, I'm constantly still phoning him and asking him about this and that and what would you do and should I do this? Um, so his support is, you know, paramount. Um, but yeah, I mean, all our customers have just been absolutely wonderful. And and the first shop w- was so well received. And then the second shop, when we moved and had a bigger shop, um, everybody followed us um, and told their friends. And a huge amount of our success is actually uh, word of mouth. Uh, there's they're very. It's very difficult to to um, market to such a small niche target market. And so whilst I do what I can, a huge amount of our marketing is actually just word of mouth. So yeah, everyone, everyone, we haven't had anything negative really, to be honest. Word of mouth is still the best form of exactly. marketing. And uh, isn't it amazing how many great businesses start off in the garage? Just uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Gavin van Vincent at Vincent's Canvases mm. and the same thing with them. Also starting off at home, essentially in the garage and uh, now a thriving business. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what happened to us. And it's actually a really nice way because it's a slow increase. So, you know, you spoke about the risk and all that kind of thing. But when you start off really small like that and nurture something the right way, then then it's almost it almost uh, increases in baby steps and you don't suddenly take massive plunges. And it just it just sort of organically evolves. Absolutely. That is a, a critical lesson I think people need to take into consideration when starting a new business or wanting to decide to leave their job and start a business. You can minimize the risk by starting off small and uh, working from there. Yes, exactly. I mean, at the beginning when I was was helping out my father, I was either at varsity or I was working as well and doing this sort of, you know, on on my off hours. So it's definitely possible. And it's a a way of minimizing your risk, like you said. Sky, talking about the products of the Italian art shop, what do you think makes the Italian art shop different from the other art shops in the country? Um, I think there's four main things that separate us from from your your typical art shop. Um, The main one, which the other things just piggyback off, is that we focus only on fine arts. What that means is that we can focus all our attention onto fine arts. And instead of diversifying and keeping scrapbooking stuff and face paint and glitter and glue and that kind of thing, you won't find anything like that in our shop. Um, but we have a very, very wide range of products for fine arts. Um, that's the second thing that we've got, a wide, wide range of products specifically for fine arts. So when you come into our shop... Yes, we've obviously got paints and brushes and canvases, um, the usual stuff, but we also have more unique things like cobalt dryers and rabbit skin glue and genuine stack white and, and many more. Um, and even within the range of products, we've got various options. So if you're an oil artist and you come in to the Italian art shop looking for a canvas, we can sell you cotton canvas that's universally primed, cotton canvas that's oil primed, uh, universal primed linen, oil primed linen, ready-made sizes. So we can sell it to you in strips off the roll. We can make it up to any size. And that basically comes from us having a, a, a small niche focus that we can then really, really broaden on. Um, the, the, the third thing, which is very important, is that we import the vast majority of our own products from overseas. And that means that we can 
put a lot of time and effort. We test everything. We make sure that we are fully behind the products that we import. So you can be guaranteed to get good uh, uh, quality product that you can't get anywhere else in this country typically. Um, and then the other thing is, is a value, amazing value for money. A lot of people get put off by the fact that our products are imported and, and therefore they must be very, very expensive. And the truth is, yes, if you compare our oil paints to something that you can buy at, at Builder's Warehouse, for example, our paints are going to be a lot more expensive. But when you compare apples with apples, and you compare, for example, our oil paint or our watercolor paint with other imported brands of similar quality, our paint is a minimum of about 40% cheaper. Um, in some cases, our paint is considerably cheaper than our competition, other imported brands, and still better quality. Um, and so importing your own brands allows you also to have some flexibility with your, with your pricing. We make a very small markup, uh, an embarrassingly small markup for, for the industry, um, but it, it means that our customers can get their hands on really good quality brands that are still affordable in the South African market. And lastly, which is probably one of the most important things, is that uh, when you come to the Italian art shop, myself and my staff know a great deal, deep deal about our products, about painting techniques in general, and even about other brands and other products. So if you come into our shop and ask... Um, you come in and say, let's say, um, I'm here to buy some varnish. We don't just sort of, you know, shrug and point in the direction of the varnishes. You will leave there knowing how to use the product, what the different types of varnishes are, what is best for your painting, when you should be varnishing, you know, what can go wrong, uh, what maybe has gone wrong in the past. And I think that's really important because there's not a lot of information for artists on, on even general, general topics like uh, oil painting mediums, for example, or water paint, color painting mediums. Um, and that's, I think, something that really sets us apart is the knowledge uh, of myself and the staff um, and, and the education that we can offer to artists who want it. It's interesting because, oh, it must be perhaps five, six years ago, um, I would go to a local art shop and there were only two brands of oil yeah. paints, two well-known brands. And that position has hardly changed in in my local situation. And when I go online and look at other South African art shops, it's still pretty much the same thing. Two or three mm. typical brands that have been around. And as you say, if you want to use the quality materials that, let's say, some of our art heroes are using overseas, the Italian art shop's the only place to find them. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's our thing. And I think that's why that's something that not only sets us apart, but it also has allowed us to survive in a, an economic market where a lot of art shops are actually closing down. Um, we, we, mm. we, we have a very small market, that niche market of... of what we call serious artists. So they don't have to be professional artists by any stretch of the imagination, but just someone who's serious about their paint and someone who, who values you know, quality um, uh, over, over price sometimes. Those are our, those are our target uh, customers. And a lot of our customers don't value uh, paint as a luxury item. It's a necessity for them, yes. you know. And so, yes, everywhere else you can go. If you go to almost any other art shop, you kind of know what they're going to have. You know, you know which brands mm. they're going to have, um, you know, generally speaking. And when you come to our art shop, probably you will 
have never seen these brands before or very rarely have seen these brands before. So, yeah, that's exactly what we strive to do, offer unique products to, to customers in South Africa. Do you think there was a perception, maybe still existing perception, with a lot of art suppliers in the country that South Africans are hobby painters and they won't be interested in artist quality paint or anything slightly more expensive than what we used to so there's no point in even looking at bringing in paints from overseas that sort of perception of we're too small we just can't you know we won't swing it in this country did you find any of that perhaps or think there's still that yeah i think there is i think there definitely is some of that and you know what not all of it is perception i mean a lot of it is actually unfortunately true south africa is very cut off um, I mean, obviously, you know, internet and stuff makes it much easier nowadays. But, but even still, we're very cut off from the from the international art market. International magazines and stuff that you get down here are incredibly expensive, and so they're brands that the rest of the world knows you know, say like, like second nature that South Africans have never heard of. Hmm. So I think a lot of it's true, but a lot of it is, is actually more of a lack of education than anything else. A lot of artists hmm. don't even know um, of, for example, our brand of, of oil paints called Michael Harding. Uh, it's a small, it's a small hmm. company. And whenever I do approach companies, uh, you know, potential suppliers, I always mention to them, look, this is a small market. It's a niche market. We sort of own that niche market, luckily, but it's still, we're never going to sell, you know, 20,000 tubes of paint a month. Um, and so we tend to go for smaller companies as well, um, family-run companies where quality is, you know, everything's quality checked and, and it's their name on the line. But yeah, I mean, she's, I don't know what percentage, but a large percentage of our customers had never even heard of Michael Harding. And if you go overseas, America and, and the UK, it's, it's a very well-known brand. So I think a lot of it actually has to do with education. We do obviously, I mean, mm. you know, importing stuff is obviously going to always be more expensive than the locally made brands and, and even the Chinese brands. So there are still a lot of artists who just can't afford, you know, good quality paint. And that's, that is what it is. But I think the perception, a, a big part of the perception is just because a lot of artists don't actually know about the other brands. Listening to what you're saying, it, it sounds possibly that there is an opportunity for uh, South African entrepreneurs or businesses to go into manufacturing better quality materials, whether it's paint or, or easels or any other type of um, equipment? The, prob- the downside is that, like I said, it, it really is a niche market. So if you, were just to, if you were just to make some really, really good quality easels, for example, um, I think the market is too small to, to sustain you as a business if all you're doing is easels. If you're making everything um, and you're doing it really well, then I think, yeah, I think there is an opportunity. Um, I really do. The, the problem is, yeah, like I said, if you were, were going to make some easels and you were going to make some really good quality easels and mark them up enough to actually you know, make it worth your while, I can't see you selling very many. So it would have to be something right. on a on a slightly wider scale, I think, because it, it is a niche market. The reason that the Italian art shop survives, if you will, the niche market, is that I think that we've positioned ourselves at a point where we sort of own that niche market. Um, but mm. but mm. we still, you know, this, you know, we don't sell a lot of easels, for example. We sell a few easels and we sell a few of everything. Um, but it is a niche market for, for good quality stuff 
costs more money. Um, there's definitely room for, for a South African to come in and, and, and shake things up, no doubt about it. But I think you'd have to be yes. a bit careful about um, exactly where you position yourself in the market. Now, it sounds like the Italian art shop had a fairly steady upward progress, maybe uh, bucking the trend <laughs> over the past uh, five, six, seven years of, of the economy, um, which is fantastic. Does any particular moment stand out as a pivotal moment where the, the business really took a leap forward? Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, and like I said, luckily, it was, it was a sort of almost a sort of organic evolution. It just, it just sort of moved in this in the right direction all the time in, in without, you know, obviously opening the, the, the retail store was a, a big moment, um, but mm. it all sort of just came together perfectly. I think a pivotal moment, although I always knew it was going to work, but when we opened on what I call the new shop, we've been there now for two and a half years, it's still called the new shop, um, but when we opened the, the new shop in the Riverside Mall, the day that we opened, I, you know, came in and set things up and turn the lights on and everything and I I looked around at the new shop and I just I kind of I don't know I just thought this is a great shop and this is this is going to work now and it was a fantastic move for us um business move a good business move as well as just it was just great um my staff love it there I love it there customers love it there but definitely that first morning of opening the shop I was, I think, even more excited than when I opened the first shop to begin with. I just looked around and I just knew that this this was going to be a great shop. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think everything else just kind of did move upwards, which was fantastic. But it moved, you know, nice and gradually upwards. So it 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 was a smooth ride. I think just looking at um, pictures on your website of your shop interior, it's the sort of place I think where artists must just sort of walk in the door get starry-eyed and wander around <laughs> wanting to just put everything into well, a bag. Well, I mean, and... yeah, that's our goal. <laughs> the goal is that, you know, our, our shop works a bit differently from others. Because we have a, a, such a niche market, we don't have 20 customers in our shop all the time. We have one or two, um, which means that you kind of get one-on-one one yeah. on one service. So we want you to come in there and ask questions and talk and, you know, watch the DVD that's playing and have a cup of coffee if you want to. And, yeah. and that's how we sort of designed the shop as well. Okay, so... As things stand now, what do you regard as your biggest challenges, remaining challenges that you have to constantly keep an eye on? I think that that can probably be answered in uh, two words, um, exchange rate. <laughs> um, the, the, look, the South African economy is, is, is an, impor- an importer's worst, worst nightmare. Um, it's up and down and up and down, and unfortunately... Uh, my luck has never been on my side when it comes to to paying my suppliers. I have never, <laughs> to date, paid my suppliers when the when the when the rand's been strong. Um, so exchange rate is really difficult. Um, and the other thing is, South Africa we we so far away from everything else that transport is also a massive problem, and it's always a struggle for me when when I have to work out the price of a selling price of something, and I can see that the markup is so low. And yet the, the selling price is actually quite high. It's a big, that's something I struggle with because I always want to bring the price down, bring the price down, bring the price down, you know, so to make my customers happy. But then that can be at the detriment of the business, of course. Importing 
products, especially art materials, because they carry a duty as well. Um, the price of the actual tube of paint or whatever it might be is almost irrelevant because we have to pay 20, 30, sometimes as much as 50% transport, 20% duty, 14% VAT. And then, of course, when I pay my suppliers, you know, Zoom has fired someone else and the RAND has, has absolutely tanked. So that is that is a big problem for me is, you know, doing the right thing would be to just set a markup and just, you know, say this is the price. But I'm always keeping the prices low and keeping the margins low, which means that I'll turnover is great, but our, you know, our profit isn't always that great. So that's something I struggle with, you know, being, being a bit more hard about it. I struggle with constantly. And the second thing is that at the Italian Art Shop, we, we really pride ourselves on customer service, on being quick and efficient and knowledgeable. And, and um, you know, if you order something, it'll come in and we'll, we'll send it to you. And something that I struggle with a lot and gives me hours of frustration is other companies, you know, career companies and our suppliers and that kind of thing who don't necessarily provide us with the same service. So if a customer is waiting for a parcel and the courier has just not delivered it, for example, then I feel that weight on my shoulders am unfortunately often let down by, you know, other suppliers and other and couriers and stuff like that. And I just expect that same level of service that I provide to my customers. And unfortunately, in South Africa, you don't get it very often. So that's just a, a constant frustration for me. Yes, I, I get that quite often uh, talking to businesses is the simply the level of professionalism or sticking to deadlines mm. or undertakings. Basic things like that that you need to count on. Exactly. Um, and they, it's, mm. the, it's the smallest thing that uh, can upset the big project. Let's say we're looking back in mm-hmm. time. You finished uh, university and you've started working with your dad and starting the, mm-hmm. the business and probably around about 2011, 2012, yeah. you were looking back to that point. Uh, what advice would you give to yourself? Um, I think the only advice that I would give to myself it would be to start sooner. I've been very lucky in that we haven't had major setbacks everything really has just been absolutely fabulous i wake up every single morning and i want to go to work and even when i'm on holiday i want to get back to work so so i've really been lucky in in that respect and the only advice i think that i would give myself is to to start the whole thing sooner sounds like the (laughs) ideal situation then i'm lucky (laughs) Um, most of us could say that especially artists why didn't i start sooner That's certainly one of my <laughs> one of my things. Mentioning artists for a moment, then from your dad and uh, yourself from an early age, you were exposed to um, uh, artists and their work, and and obviously a lot of South African artists. And now you've been mm-hmm. exposed to a lot of international artists. If we if we look at South African artists, um, semi-professional or full-time artists, what would you say? Um, taking account into the economy and all of those things has uh, made the difference between artists being successful and those that are hmm. struggling. <laughs> uh, it's not an easy question to answer. Uh, look, at you know the the art selling industry is certainly not where my expertise lies. Um, so I can only tell you sort of what I encounter basically through my customers. There's definitely an element of luck. You, there's some artists that do really, really well and others who don't. And sometimes the people who don't paint even better than the people that do. So there's definitely an element of, of, of luck and timing in it, without a doubt. But there are 
Mm. Mm, probably one, two, three things that I've noticed about artists. A very vague generalization. But number one is that artists generally are terrible business people. Um, they're using their creative side of their brain. And um, very often I sort of, you know, shake my head and I just think, no, you know, don't do that. Do, do this. Um, they generally are not great business people. Um, and the second thing that I've definitely noticed from the vast majority of my customers, even those who actually are already selling their paintings, is that they, um, they either don't really realize the potential um, or a, a combination of that and just sort of like lacking in self-confidence. Um, customers show me paintings all the time and they sort of blush and go, oh, you know, whatever. And I, some of them paint, well, a, a, a lot of them paint absolutely beautifully, really, really beautifully. And they kind of don't really believe you and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of them don't want to go to galleries um, and and sort of self-promote and, and be be self-congratulatory, you know, look at how wonderful my paintings are. They want somebody else to do that for them. And um, I don't know anything really about the actual art market and the selling of paintings as such, but there's definitely a need for for more art agents out there. Um, not the guys, not the big brokers that are just, you know, putting 50 pink paintings in this hotel and 50 yellow ones in that hotel, but more sort of on-the-ground guys who are taking on artists and, and trying to get them into galleries, maybe organizing certain exhibitions for them, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know business-wise how it would work and how well it would, how successful it would be, but I can tell you now that the artists need that kind of thing. Um, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, the fear of rejection, you send your paintings to all these galleries and no one gets back to you or they sort of get back to you with a, you know, dear John, sorry, you know, we've got too many paintings at the moment. It's, uh, there's, a, there's definitely a fear of rejection out there. But yeah, the, the biggest thing I think is, is a, a lack of, of confidence and a lack of realizing how good they really are. Yes, so I guess that's a, a typical problem with, with artists. And like you've found great art materials from overseas, I think uh, maybe we also need to, to look at some of the lessons that uh, artists have mm. learned overseas and are promoting themselves and are doing the, the hard work and, yeah. and learning. As you said, in the, right in the beginning of starting your business, you've got to be a believer and you've got to believe in yourself first. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. If you, if you don't think your paintings are good, nobody else is going to. Um, and see, some of my customers can paint. I mean, like really, really good paintings. And they, they don't, they kind of, I don't think they think that they're terrible at it, but they, they don't really realize how good their paintings are. So, Sky, when it comes to, to painting, are you a painter yourself or are you a collector? <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm, I'm probably neither. I'm probably part of both, but neither. Um, I, I like art. I definitely have a creative side to myself. Um, I've been to a few art lessons and um, absolutely love it. But the reason I'm not an artist is is just a time factor. Um, I can teach I can teach other people how to paint. I think I can teach them very well how to paint. But don't ask me to paint something because if you don't have the time to put in, you you're never going to get good at even drawing an apple. So um, unfortunately, it's it's actually a time factor for me. I think. Probably uh, what I would consider a creative outlet is actually testing and playing with and experimenting with the various products. 
um, every single thing in our shop I have tested or tried out um, and I absolutely love it even though the end result is not a, a, an artistic masterpiece it's something that normally goes in the bin the act of mixing colors and, and playing with mediums and, and sort of you know just playing around with the art materials themselves is at the moment enough to, to sort of give me some satisfaction that I've you know some outlet for my creativity so no I'm not an artist um, I yes. just like art and art materials. <laughs> if I had time, I would definitely take up some, some art, though. Um, as far as collector, um, yes. <laughs> I love paintings. I love art. I go to lots of exhibitions, and, and, you know, I enjoy art. Unfortunately, even though the art shop is wonderful and fabulous and I love it, I'm never probably going to have enough money to be able to call myself a collector. Um, I have got paintings that I have sort of collected over the years, but a lot of them, and a lot of my favorite ones anyway, um, actually come from my customers. Um, from Some of them have even been gifts, which is just mind-blowing. Um, and then sometimes if I see something I really like and it's a customer of mine, they, they uh, sell me the painting in for... Uh, in lieu of a payment, we'll do uh, art materials or something like that. Um, but but yeah, it's, okay. it's, if I had money, I would no doubt be a collector, <laughs> um, and I would retire and then I'd be an artist as well. well. But well, um, in reality, I'm, I'm a little bit of both, but actually neither. <laughs> that makes sense. If you were rolling in it and you had a choice, is there any particular uh, world artist or historical artist or present? artists that you would love um, to Look, if I was completely rolling in it and money was no option, uh, I could see a nice little, you know, Monet in my, in my lounge and a Van Gogh in my kitchen. Um, but I think probably, you know, I buy art and, well, if I could buy art, let's say, um, I buy art that I like. It's not, a, it's not about, you know, necessarily who mm. painted it or, or what it will be worth in 50 years. It's about something that speaks to me. So, um, in all honesty, the Monet and the, and, the, and the Van Gogh would be nice. But I think I would buy a lot of paintings for my customers. I'm a massive Gavin Collins fan, huge Gavin Collins fan. I absolutely love his paintings. They're just my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've got a lot of other... I think I would probably just go to every exhibition and every gallery and walk out with one or two paintings. And then luckily I'd be rolling in it so I could build a warehouse to put them all in. Um, but yeah, uh, I've got so many customers who paint absolutely beautiful, and that would probably be my my first port of call. Let's have a look at in the future a bit, if we can, at the at the Italian art shop. Are there any uh, special plans or exciting developments that uh, lie in wait for artists hmm. out there? I know, I know that if there are any Joburg listeners, they'll be asking for a shop in Joburg. We get numerous requests, um, but not at this point, not in the near future. Um, we do have some really nice new products and new lines coming in, hopefully towards the end of this year, but I can't say anything about it because it's a secret. Um, anyone who does want to keep in touch with, with new developments and what's going on, um, that kind of stuff is always first on, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so we've got, some, we've got some new stuff coming December time, hopefully. Um, we did also bring in a range of new kind of random products that, that you couldn't get in this country before, like nice porcelain palettes for watercolorists and nice pastel boxes. And um, we've got a wonderful thing called a, a lay flat pad, which you can open 
and it properly lays flat so you can paint or mm-hmm. sketch over both pages and we bought uh, and a whole lot more and we just bought a few few of each in to test the market a couple of months ago and, and sold incredibly well so I've got more of that stock coming as well um, but then a few new things that uh, at the moment is still a secret <laughs> so some exciting developments for Christmas so yeah that is I'm always looking for yeah. new stuff I'm looking at um, some of your your products now that that really stand out for me you know recent additions to your store uh, you mentioned michael harding paints which i think is a real coup yeah. for the italian art shop and then of course um rosemary and co brushes yeah and we're increasing our range of those all the time we've just added the new evergreen range which is fabulous it's uh, amazing to me you know when i go online or looking at um, famous artists they're using those paints and they're using those... And they're using those brushes. Exactly. When I was, you know, painting with bristle brushes initially and, and buying some of the local stuff and really terrible, terrible quality <laughs> paint brushes and I would be constantly using my palette knife to pick bristle hairs out of the paint on the canvas. And, and then you've brought in the Paris Classic bristle yes. brushes and, yes. and I tried one of those brushes for the first time and and people don't believe me when I tell them but it was a mind-blowing experience the feel of a paintbrush could be so vastly different from from what I was using and uh, people say oh, you know you can use a stick you can it doesn't matter as long as it's how you, <laughs> the paintbrush is a profound part of the the painting yeah um, you have yeah. you have to try it and uh, you know the rosemary brushes are also a step up fantastic i mean look i always say you know to my staff as well is that look we have complete confidence in our product so i know with 100 percent confidence that when you try a good brush you're going to like it but the hard the hard part is just getting a customer to to buy one tube of michael harding paint or buy one rosemary brush or buy one raphael brush and that's actually what you've got to focus on is getting people just to buy one because once they buy one, then they actually will realize. And um, yeah. we've had customers before who've actually just who've even, even bothered to phone and say, listen, you know, I completely doubted you. I never thought that, you know, it was worth spending 100 rand on the brush or whatever it is. But I have to tell you, I've used it and it's, it's fabulous. And once mm-hmm. we sell them one, the brushes and the, and the paints and that kind of thing are such good quality and they're so brilliant that those customers will come back on their own next time and, and, and buy more brushes. So our job is really just to, just to get them to try one. Um, and then also, like you said, uh, you know, you can paint with a stick. And yes, you can paint with a stick, but you can probably paint a better brush, I mean, a better picture if you paint with a brush instead of a stick. So people often say, you know, oh, you know, don't blame it on your tools and, you know, a good artist can paint with anything. And yes, a good artist can paint with anything, but they'll paint a better picture if they've got better materials. You know, Absolutely. a mechanic will yep. fix your car easier if he actually has working tools. Yes, <laughs> quite true. Sky, I'm a big fan of books and I know that the Italian art shop has some fantastic art books. I think a lot of our learning about art also comes from books as well. Mm, so absolutely. What, what would you rate as your favorite book? Well, yeah, we've got quite a range, so it is difficult to pick. I mean, mine personally is probably the the Alvaro Castanet book. Um, and that's because, you know, personally, I absolutely love his style. And I find the book 
quite informative and absolutely beautiful to look through. But there are other ones as well. Funny enough, the watercolor books for me are actually probably some of my favorites. Um, we've got really nice uh, books by uh, Shirley Trevina and Jean Haynes. And when you look through them, they are so inspiring. Um, and then anything on portraits, we've got some nice, you know, most of those are oil painting portrait books. Um, but yeah, I think the, I think my favorite is probably the Alvaro one, but they're all really nice. <laughs> and, uh, make an excellent present as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Make the best present. Sky, you've got, uh, the, obviously the physical store in, uh, mm-hmm. Rondebosch. Um, I see your, your website's also starting to make provision for online purchases. Is that, uh, something that's going to be growing, um, possibly? <laughs> Yes, it's a rather embarrassing topic. Um, we have actually been working on our online store for about three years now. Um, mm. Yes, you heard that correctly, three years. We unfortunately uh, chose the wrong guys to help us out the first time and then found the right guys to help us out but chose the wrong software and it was just a whole big thing, unfortunately. Um, our online store is now, oh, well, our website is now properly up and running where you can see pictures and, and, and prices and We've done it quite nicely. You know, you should be able to see for the paint colors, transparencies and light fastness ratings and that kind of thing, as well as, as prices and info and pigment numbers, which are very important as well. Um, so it's, it took a lot of time to kind of actually put the thing together. Um, we've just allowed um, the actual online shopping part. Um, so you can actually add to your cart and check out, etc. However, at this stage, you can't pay with a credit card yet. Um, and that is bef- okay. that is just because the program that we're working with doesn't actually support the South African payment gateways yet. So we are working on, on that. But you can still order, add everything to your cart and check out, and then it comes to, to, to us. We will make sure we've got all the stock, and we'll check out the shipping, and we'll reply to you with a, with a final quote and our bank details. Um, we've got quite a nice shipping policy at the moment, um, which is if your order is under 500 rand, then we charge 50 rand delivery, um, which will be delivered to your door if you're in a, a sort of a major city or surrounding area, like a, a biggest town. Otherwise, it will be sent to the post office. Um, and then if your order is over 500 rand, then it's free. Um, and that, again, will, will be determined by where you live. And, and also um, flammable items and really big items are slightly different. But we've got wonderful career companies, and we always work out the best the best price. So the majority of our orders will, will be delivered to your door for free. People can also email you directly with uh, orders as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot of our customers, even though the online store is working, they actually prefer to phone and e- or email through because they have questions. Um, you know, we get calls all the time with an artist that say, you know, I'm painting a landscape and I've got this and this and this, but I'm missing one color and I just can't you know, quite get it, and they send through a photo, and we we take it from there. So, absolutely, if you want a more personal experience, then phoning and emailing through is is absolutely fine. We still do a lot of orders that way. Um, it's just as quick and easy. You phone or email through your order. We'll get everything together, send off a quote, and our bank details. You do an EFT and send the proof of payment, and generally that same day the order is, uh, leaves the shop. Um, Sky, just tell us quickly the name of the website and also the email address people can use. Sure thing. So the website is very easy. It's www.italianartshop.co.za, or one word. And then the email address is info, I-N-F-O, 
at italianartshop.co.za. And my personal email address is sky, S-K-Y-E, at italianartshop.co.za. And obviously everything is also on our website. Um, Interactive map, telephone numbers, you can message us straight from the website as well. Because if you ever forget the email address, you just Google Italian Art Shop and it'll come up. Sky, it's, it all looks awesome. It's, uh, I wish I was living in Cape Town. I'd be there on a regular basis. And I, I want to Thank give you, you a special, special thanks as well for making the shop so successful and growing it and bringing art materials in that we wouldn't have otherwise. I think you've done a great service to artists in South Africa. You actually oh, thanks, do Martin. deserve yeah. Yeah, you deserve some thanks for that and and uh, f- a few paintings as well, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Uh, the success of the shop is really d- down to the customers. I mean, they've mm. just, um, you know, embraced it so so well and I'm just so lucky for, for all the support that we get from the South African artists. Yes. Now, I'm sure you'll go from strength to strength. Um, Sky, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and I hope you get some... Um, Lots of well-deserved attention and uh, many more successful years for the Italian Art Shop. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) I want to thank Sky Kennedy for appearing on the show today. It's really great hearing about a South African success story and the great work they're doing in the fine art business. This show is brought to you by everyscribe.com. Everyscribe transcribes your podcasts or videos. It's always a good idea to consider adding a transcription of your show. At uh, everyscribe.com, you can get the transcription done quickly and professionally. Include the transcription with your show notes or as part of your uh, blog. You can find out more about uh, the transcription services at everyscribe.com. I want to thank you for joining me on an Artist Journey podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a like and a share. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode. I'll see you again soon. And until then, cheers for now.